0: Welcome to the most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Featuring at least three different books every week. Starring Martha Steele, the weirder the book, the better. Vonnie Golden, historical fiction with a side of trauma porn. Megan Runyon, reading YA, and whatever her current fixation is. These people are passionate about books, Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls.
1: I got the meat burps now. <laughs> See, I told you. It wasn't even twenty ten minutes. Sorry. I mom. didn't have heartburn, just meat burps. <laughs> Same fucking thing, man. <laughs> no, meat burps are nice for sharing. No! I didn't blow it at Megan like I do you, Martha. Yeah,
0: that's right, because you get a boob punch.
1: <laughs> it's getting together in this room in this tiny little
2: space. It's like we're starting to snipe at each other. We better get to talking about books.
0: Oh, we.
3: but did anyone see what Lavar Burton... I was just gonna say, Megan oh. mentioned Fisticuffs, and that made me think of the the Levar Burton thing that somebody sent around. So he was
0: speaking at the National Book Awards, which were just the other day, and in his speech, when he was got up to talk, he said, "Quote: Before we get going, are there any moms of liberty in the house? No? Good. Then hands will not need to be thrown tonight,
2: because <laughs> <laughs> the mothers of liberty can kiss his
0: ass." This is- isn't it Moms for Liberty? Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Moms for Liberty. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Moms for Liberty in my house. Oh, I thought it was Mothers for Liberty. It might have various names. But Geordie LaForge slash Reading Rainbow. Holding it down. Hooah! Yeah, You know what's funny is I don't remember ever watching Reading Rainbow as a kid. So when- I didn't watch it as a kid, but I-, I did watch it when Dylan was a kid.
2: I don't
1: think we ever watched it. We didn't watch a lot of PBS. No, so like Reading Rainbow was on when I was in school elementary school they were playing yes. reruns yes. of it when dylan was a kid yeah oh, okay um, but PBS. i
0: I never watched it so to me he was always just geordie laforge and so everybody was like oh my god reading rainbow and i'm like that that's geordie laforge what
3: the fuck is reading rainbow <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I, I also missed reading rainbow but i was like Jordy laforge and kunta kinte oh yes. yeah forgot, yes. I, I
2: forgot he was in that
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it took me a really long time to realize why people were so emotionally attached to him for, like, reading. And I was like, oh, because he did a whole thing that was not
3: Star Trek that I missed. A little preview for the book I'm going to review, which is Patrick Stewart's autobiography. He talks about that. That when they first got the cast together for Next Gen, they had two big... There were two big names in it. The rest of them were unknowns in general to the TV public. And the big names were LeVar Burton and Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton? Will Wheaton. Yeah, because he had just done Stand By Me. Oh. Oh, that's right. You've got a big-time Shakespearean actor here, but your main big name is a (laughs) 15-year-old. Right?
0: (laughs) I'm going to eat this entire bag of, oh, no, there's a lot in there. You can eat, you want, you can have, I know you don't do milk chocolate a lot, because the, the milk part of the milk chocolate.
1: Yeah, but I love pretzels. Mm-hmm. They make me swell like a freaking blowfish, but I
3: love them. You guys have chocolate-covered pretzels? Yes. Oh.
1: Yes, I'm really
0: eating these because they're here, not because I'm hungry. I might not have the ghost mic, but I have the squeaky chair. Trying not the to move. The gnomes are having sex in Megan's <laughs> chair. I'm trying not to move. I'll bring WD-40 next week. <laughs> we all know I'm I the had, fidgeter I was of
3: this. At the grocery store this afternoon, and I got the cart with the squeaky wheel. Oh, oh I hate, I hate that. that. Somebody else turned around and went, "Oh, you got the lucky cart." <laughs> or you get the cart that has the
1: uh, wheel that just goes back and forth real fast when you're going. So it's like. Yep. Sh- 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 Down the (laughs) aisle.
0: You know what I hate is when you get the cart in the winter that doesn't have the little chain that like is the grounding chain, Mm -hmm. so you get shocked. Oh yeah, through Mm -hmm. the whole store as you like. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize that was a thing until I worked in grocery,
3: and then I was like, I did not know that was the thing. Yeah, I don't think I've ever noticed a chain on the bottom of them.
0: Yeah, most of them have. It's really little chain. It's probably at the front. It's in the front. I think it might be in the back. I don't know. And it's supposed to like touch the ground, so it grounds the cart. So as you go, you don't get shocked. shocked but I always wondered oh. about that. How come sometimes
2: I get the shit shocked out of me, and sometimes I don't? Well, in the plastic handle, if the hand, the plastic handle's gone, you could. Sometimes probably get shocked. I get it even with a plastic handle on it. You forget I'm the shock shock. She's the shockiest. Elect. She's electric. Da, da, She's da, da, shock. da, da. I am. <laughs> I am a real shock jock.
0: She's electric. Oh yeah, I gotta figure out how. Do you do you have anything electric in your book,
1: Bonnie? No. no, no, no electric. No, but it's very unusual, and I'm actually going to flash back. Wow. <gasps> What's the the like the noise? The, the new one.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Back to October because I had another. Halloween read that I did not review and I liked it, so I want to review it. It is so weird. It's like all of a sudden people are liking their Halloween reads. Okay, you know what? This has been a good year. It has. It been has. A good year. And I
0: have decided that actually I had the, the, the squad remind me because I, before I went through and counted all the unread books I own in my house.
1: Mm-hmm. Disgraceful. I am
0: not allowed to buy any books.
1: <laughs> I need to, usually what I do is every once in a while I'll go through all of my bookshelves, and I'll go into the library app and put hold on all of my unread books yes. <laughs> the Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it was disrespectful how much I have. Uh, so then I told the the squad, I said, I need you guys to remind me that I can read any book any time of the year, and it doesn't have to be in the right season that the book is set in because that's, no. that's what happened. Like, I'll be like, oh, no, that's like a fall read for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. So... I support reading your October books. It can be Christmas in
1: July. It can be fall in April.
0: Martha, you never know when you're going to get a Christmas romance. You just don't fucking know now. It's a mystery. It is
1: a Christmas (laughs) Russian roulette around here. (laughs) It is. I'm not
0: kidding. I have 187 books in my house that I have not read.
1: My gosh.
0: T- listen our, our our listener Taylor had like five hundred and something. So I am That she hasn't read that she has not read that she owns.
2: Oh I don't think so. I think she just has how many books she has.
0: No no we're do some of us we're doing a like avoid the store in twenty four and forcing ourselves to read our shelves. Oh. so we're doing like a whole chat like some of us set up a challenge and that if we when we if we buy a book before we're supposed and we got to set our own rules. So it's not like everybody having to conform the same and that if you buy a book before you're allowed to by your rules, then you have to donate like whatever amount you choose, a dollar, two dollars, five dollars to a charity of your choice to try to hold us accountable to not buying more books off our and reading what's on our shelves.
1: But then you're not supporting the your local bookstore. But there
0: were it. so there are stipulations. So like if you have a continuation in a series, that doesn't count because that's like, you know, whatever.
1: It's like the same book.
0: Yeah. And if some of us have like automatic buy, like Ken Follett, like you would buy Ken Follett no matter what you're. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's like an auto buy author. So Mm -hmm. you were allowed a list of auto buys. Like no matter what happens, I'm buying this book because this is like my one of my top five. Mm -hmm. And then you and if you if it's a continuation of a series, it was fine
2: you didn't have to agree on those specific authors ahead of time you could
0: just do just fine no i picked my authors beforehand oh
2: but I is only... it
1: laminated is it a laminated <laughs> list
0: <laughs> it's on my excel sheet and It's <laughs> color coordinated, so kind of an excel sheet can be cracked man no but i only have like five and i i like i added one after i sat back because it popped up that she had the um hannah grace that did, did icebreaker because mm-hmm. I freaking love her and they just announced her new book and I was like, oh shit, Hannah's got to be on the list. Yeah. <laughs> We're try I'm trying to get through my ridiculous shelf of books
1: at this point in my life. I need to look at what books I have cuz I know I have a bunch in Yeah, so if
0: anybody else wants to join in the fun, just let us know. <laughs> There's 14 different spreadsheets floating around that you can I
2: honestly do not have that many books in my house I haven't read.
0: But you do more audiobook than
2: I do. I do, and I usually don't buy books unless you've read them. I've read them. Yeah.
3: Whereas
0: mm-hmm. I like walk through the bookstore and I'm like,
3: oh, I like that cover. I'm gonna buy it. Oh, I like that cover. I'm gonna buy it. I probably have a couple hundred that I haven't read. Yeah. But mostly because they're things I've picked up that are standards and classics. And plus, you have the issue of all of my husband's books that I haven't read, and he hasn't read all of my books. There's a whole. See, I don't think your husband's books should count. No, those don't count. I'm not yeah. counting
2: Ron's books because he reads stuff like Tom Clancy and. No, it's it's like
0: books that you bought for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not okay. total books in the house. Oh, and like I didn't count stuff that we were gifted. Yeah, because you can't I didn't really. buy those. Yeah, you can't count those. So like if we got arcs of something like that doesn't like I put them on the list, but I don't consider those. I have to read those. Those before were I not
2: can. specific choices. Correct.
0: But yeah, there's several fun spreadsheets out there. If anyone else wants to get on the avoid the store in 24 <laughs> bandwagon <laughs> with us. I don't we know how should... we got on that tangent, but I had to talk about it because it was kind of fun.
1: See, I'm a big loser. I think I only have probably 20 books in my
0: But you do a that... lot of audio. I don't do hardly any audio.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I don't necessarily go buy a book after I read it either. Sometimes. True. You don't have a lot of bookshelves, though. You don't have a lot of room. No, I need more bookshelves. But here's the problem when you don't own and you rent. Once you move so many times and have to move all those fucking books, you start slimming down. Yes, you do. Yes, I'll agree. So, like, last time I moved, I took a whole lot of books to half-price books. Okay, All back right. to my book. Oh, you know, no. it may be an October book, but it's set at, like, Christmas. So that kind of makes it a Christmas book, right? See,
0: seasons are mm-hmm. irrelevant.
1: Right.
0: As Taylor says, they're fake. Seasons are fake. Read read whatever you want when you want.
1: It's a Hallowmas. It's a Hallowmas <gasps> book. I like it. I like Hallow-mas. I, I like I Hallow-mas. get into that. Yeah.
0: I could get into Hallow-mas. <laughs> a little thanksmas. A thanks
1: thanksmas.
0: Hallow-thanks-mas.
2: It even has kind of a nice
1: ring to it. It does. Hola
0: oh, thanks, miss.
2: Hollis,
1: like, Hallowmasgiving?
0: Hallowmasgiving?
1: <laughs> no, I don't like that. One. No, the first one was Holla better. Thanksmas is better.
0: Miss. Yeah. We're trademarking that. We no one it. take it. We need a new shirt
2: now.
1: <laughs> we need some new merch. <laughs> All right. So, the book that I am going to review this week is called Such Sharp Teeth by Rachel Harrison. This was recommended to me by Martha because she said, this book sucks. Here, you read it. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually when you like them, though. Admit it. I, it is. I'm like, I don't know why you didn't like this book. It was awesome. <laughs> the main character is like snarky and has very much a bad attitude.
2: I have no idea why I ended up putting that down, honestly. Because
1: it's very relationshipy. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say
0: maybe Martha sees herself in these characters and doesn't like it.
1: Well, the main character...
2: (laughs) There will be a boob punch incoming. If I didn't have a sore hand, you'd be in trouble.
1: (laughs) The main character is a werewolf, so she might identify with that a little bit. Do you get cranky during a full moon? Yes! (laughs) Grow a little much, too much hair in places you shouldn't. (laughs)
0: This is what happens when we're all in the room together.
1: Okay, so this book is about a young woman named Rory, and she's um, probably early to mid 20s, I would say. She's graduated college. She went off to the big city to, you know, she has a fast paced career, city life, she loves it. But she returns back to her hometown to help out her sister, Scarlett, her twin sister, Scarlett um because she is pregnant and baby daddy is not in the picture. She um comes back to her hometown. Um I believe it's Halloween is when she actually comes back to the hometown. And the first night she's there, she sees like an old crush at the bar and then she's driving home and something jumps out in front of her car, and she hits it. And she thinks that she's she thinks it's a bear. So she gets out of her car to go see what happened, and this animal attacks her. And at the time, she doesn't know what it is, and it does bite her. But then it runs away, and she goes to the emergency room because I mean, she was in a car accident. She got attacked by an animal. She's a little bit beaten up, you know, she gets out of the hospital, life goes on, and then strange things, like, begin happening to her, like, she can't get enough meat to eat, she wants to eat meat all the time, I'm talking, like, she'll eat, like, three or four rotisserie chickens. Like, cooked or raw? Cooked meat, cooked meat, it is cooked, it's not that gross. And everywhere she goes, when they ask her if she wants anything, you know, like, can I get you anything? She's like, do you have any meat? (laughs) And they just look at her weird, and she's like, like, pepperoni or salami or jerky or anything like that.
0: All I'm picturing is, like, this petite girl, like, going up to the deli counter and picking up, like, the entire roll of, like salami and just, like, chowing down on she, she
1: probably could. And she keeps having these episodes of outstanding strength, such as she gets a text that she doesn't like, and she's irritated, and then all of a sudden she breaks her phone in her hand, like grips it too tight. One time at the meat counter <laughs> getting steaks and hamburgers and pork chops and all kinds of stuff. She's
0: going to really
1: have high iron to donate blood. Uh, exactly. She's, She's just boning check. up for it. You take werewolf blood, right?
0: Sure. I'm sure we do. Okay. She's human some of the time, right?
1: Well, obviously you take <laughs> vampire blood because, no, actually the vampires the vampire, are, Where are the vampires? Yeah, the vampires? The vampires take the blood, <laughs> not give it. And then when it gets closer and closer to the full moon, as we've already disclosed, um- she figures out that the animal that bit her was a werewolf because she turns into a werewolf. And, and all of this happens pretty early in the book. I mean, it's not really, it's called such sharp teeth. So you knew, and as soon as an animal jumps in front of her and bites her, I was like, she's going to be a werewolf.
0: It was going to be one of the two. Because oh, exa- vampire or werewolf.
1: Right. Well, we're I gonna mean, be sharp teeth. if you look at the cover, it's not vampire teeth. So you kind of know it's not really a giveaway, but so Rory is trying to deal with the fact that she's a werewolf. She kind of doesn't really go into a full blast depression, but she's not really happy of the fact that she's a werewolf. She thinks that her life is over and she can't tell anyone and what's going to happen and so on and so forth. And, you know, she's, living with her pregnant sister and what if she hurts the baby and you know, all of these things are going through her head and at the same time she has this this old crush from high school who keeps like texting her and wanting to hang out with her and she doesn't know if she can have a normal life because she's a werewolf now she's like what what the hell do i do now but it kind of goes on from there i don't want to give anything else away she does confess to a few people. And I guess just like anything in life, it just all kind of works out the way that it's supposed to. But one of the things I really liked about this is that it's light, it's not a really deep book. She is freaking snarky as hell. <laughs> and it's just, it's just kind of fun. It almost reminds me a little bit of like a Christopher Moore book, like the mm. ones that I read, like. Yeah. Like, uh, you suck and bite me. Yep. It kind of reminded me a little bit of those. And I just, I liked her attitude. I really liked the main character. Oh, good. That's good. Even though she was breaking phones and when she pushed somebody, she pushed the... Arm right out of the sh- shoulder socket. Ow! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, don't piss her off. <laughs> no, maybe stay on her good side. You might lose a boob if she punched it. Exactly. You, you might lose more than a boob. So, yeah, it was a great read. It would have been a great Halloween read if I hadn't have started it like three days before the end of October. <laughs> <laughs> so that again is called "Such Sharp Teeth" by Rachel Harrison. And like I said, it kind of takes place during the whole fall holidays. So make it your Christmas read. Um, nothing wrong with that. Hol- hol- seasons
0: are fake. We made them up. Read read it when you want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it was good. I'm glad Martha hated it so that I could read it. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, oh. I think you're next. Oh. Wait,
2: wait. Pat, what do you have again? We,
0: we both have Patrick similar. Stewart's book. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We both have similar themes this week pat and i keep accidentally being on theme with each other not coordinated (laughs) that way um so this week i will be reviewing the woman in me by miss britney spears and let me okay so i'm gonna preface this with we all know that britney may not be the most stable person on the planet. So I feel like if even half of what she recalls is what happened, holy shit, because there was so much tea in this book. And so we, there was so much, I mean, there was obviously talk of Justin Timberlake and their relationship. I don't know. I feel like nothing in here is a spoiler, but everything is a spoiler all at the same time. You know how like purity culture in the nineties was like a very real thing for all of the pop stars. Like the Jonas Brothers did it later with the rings but it was kind of always this, like, she was America's sweetheart, and she has to be virginal and all this. Uh, well, newsflash, she was not, she was already not a virgin <laughs> when she became Britney Spears. Like, when Baby One More Time came out. She had she had slept with someone in high school in ninth grade, which is fine. No shame. But, um, you know, everyone made, like, a big deal about that as she got older. And so her and Justin met on the Mickey Mouse Club. They didn't start dating until later. And... That relationship, I feel like they were probably both not great for each other, but I do think that their breakup really broke her.
1: They were young though, weren't they?
0: They, yeah, they were like tw- in their twenties, maybe even younger. But I do think that his response to their breakup kind of really broke her. But her parents, even when before all the the f- fame, were absolutely insane. She was drinking with her mom on the beach at like thirteen. That's
1: wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: not ideal.
2: <laughs> I got drunk for the first time when I was fourteen,
0: but with your mom, not with my mom. Oh, yes, exactly. Your mom didn't hand you like a daiquiri, and we're like, "Go to town, Martha." Yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah. Um, and then she was driving when she was thirteen. Like, there was just no structure in her life from a very young age. So she she starts dating Justin or whatever, and <laughs> and. She, my there's so many things to talk about but my favorite was how much shit she did give justin because she was like in sync were like the hippie like the they weren't like the clean bubble gum like they were like hip-hop boy band and i'm like that's not at all how i would describe in sync but okay and she talked about they ran into genuine on the street in new york and they were it was her and justin and he started he's like (laughs) the imitation i can't do it justice but he was According to her, Justin was like, yo, 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 genuine, what's up, And, like, hearing Michelle Williams (laughs) imitate Britney imitating Justin was the highlight of my day. And that's when he started wearing, like, the big chains. Like, when he got the JT chain and, like, started trying to be, like, not gangster, but trying to be...
2: Just hip-hop. Hip-hop. (laughs) Sort of like when Dylan had a gangster phase. Yeah, like, yeah. Skinny little chest, big old chain. Yes.
0: Mm -hmm. But it was because Michelle Williams from Dawson's Creek is the one who reads the thing. So you just hear her going, yo, 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 genuine. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great if you listen to the audio. So Brittany really did try to, like, take care of her parents. Like, she paid off their debts. She bought them a house so that, like, her sister would have a nice place to grow up. But she did talk about when she, when things started to kind of fall apart, like, when she did Crossroads and for the movie, if anyone knows that movie she said she had like this is why she didn't do a lot of acting she says is because she got like lost in her character like she forgot how to be britney spears
1: Hmm.
0: so she started turning down roles because all of a sudden she's like one day like months after shooting all of a sudden i was like standing in a coffee shop and she was like who the hell have i been for the past three months like i don't i'm not actually this character like she had a hard time like kind of separating the reality from her characters and stuff we all know justin's a big fat cheater but uh, Brittany Britney was not innocent. Britney also cheated. So she owned that in that relationship. She actually cheated on him with their her, their choreographer, which is not a secret. Everybody <laughs> knew that. Uh, with Raid Wade, Wade, Wade Robson. Raid Robson? No, Wade Rob Robson. Um <laughs> uh, but it was just absolutely crazy. Justin definitely did not handle things well because he profited from it. Right? Like, everyone took his side immediately. Everyone's like, oh, she cheated because he put out Cry Me Your River. And everyone's like, oh, she cheated and he's he's America's sweetheart and he would never do anything wrong. And Britney's like, you know, she was like slut-shamed all over the place when really he was the one doing all most of the cheating. And he, like, sent her a text to break up. That's pretty chicken shit. Yeah. Joe Jonas must have been taking notes. <clears throat> anyway. Basically, like, everything just revolved around Britney and her success. So when her dad became her, the conservator, it, well, I skipped, like, a whole middle part. But so she, she gets with Kevin Federline and all that happens. And basically, her second spiral, so to speak, was when Kevin was keeping the kids from her. Because she just didn't she didn't have the coping skills to, like, deal with anything that was happening. So, like, when she shaved her head... It was because she was just pissed off because she was out of control of everything in her life. And she's like, you know what I can control? You know what I can do to piss my dad off, cut my hair. And so she did because that was the only thing that she – because she's like, well, my dad – I have to be blonde and beautiful and skinny and I can piss off everybody by chopping all my hair off. They won't let me see my kids. Great. I'm going to shave my head. Not necessarily logical, but kind of made sense at the same time. Um – there's so many things. Kevin Federline, also a piece of shit. Brittany needs to pick better men. All of her men suck. And like I said earlier, if half of what she says is true, there needs to be some people in court. Like her dad should be arrested. Some of these quote-unquote doctors that he sent her to probably should be investigated because some shit was crazy. You just, it was unreal, the things she was saying. And it really made me as like a millennial pop fan think like wow i fed into this disaster to some extent because we all were we were all invested in justin and in britney and on all the things and it it was eye opening and so much rage when i got to the end of the audiobook i almost threw my phone cuz i was like damn like we all participated in the fuck up of her life to some extent
1: now does she have borderline personality disorder she's definitely bipolar yes i yeah well borderline personality disorder is I, I think it's kind of, like, on the brink of being bipolar, but not quite that I think far. She's I, think she's I, I think she's definitely
0: bipolar. She didn't say herself anything, and I don't know if anything has, like, been officially said that yeah, hasn't come from her dad. She wouldn't own it dad. even if
1: she were diagnosed.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, she admits to being on different prescriptions and stuff.
1: It's um, just she sounds a lot like when you're talking about her getting lost in her character yes. and she doesn't have the coping me- mechanisms and... It reminds me of my niece who has borderline personality disorder. Could be. That's why I was asking.
0: Yeah. She doesn't say specifically, but I definitely think there is mental illness and issues in there that have not been treated or over-treated or all of the above. Yeah. Uh, But it was, yeah, I was full of rage.
1: (laughs) I was so mad when I got to the end. Yeah, because, you know, it's no secret I I don't really like Britney Spears that much. But I do agree that her parents seem, just from the little bit that I heard, because I don't follow any kind of Britney stuff, her parents are shit.
0: Yeah, they're awful. Her sister's terrible, too. Zoe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Jamie Lynn. The Uh, one that
1: had (laughs) the baby at, The baby
0: at 16. (laughs) They had
1: to cancel her show because she got pregnant.
0: Yeah, that's the one. Ironically— Brittany Brittany and Justin's first kiss was to a Janet Jackson song, and I thought that was a full circle moment for Justin that later on, like, he had the whole thing with Janet at the Super Bowl, which, again, somehow he managed to fucking skate right through, and Janet took all, like, he just, he's like Teflon. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. he somehow always comes out smelling like a rose.
1: See, I'm not a huge Justin Timberlake fan either.
0: I can't deny that I was a lot of Team Justin, but mostly Team JC and the Insync fan and the Insyncdom. But yeah, if you want to hear what Brittany has to say about all of the things, because that's like the Cliff Notes version, it was very interesting read, and it really makes you wonder, like how we as a society contributed to everything that was happening and the Free Brittany movement and all of that over the years versus how much her parents contributed. It was it was a fascinating read. But just be be ready to throw your book or your phone because you're gonna get to the end and have a whole lot of anger and feelings yeah.
1: Then when you throw your phone and break it, you'll have even more feelings <laughs> anger and
2: feelings. yeah,
0: that's true. Maybe throw it at a pillow because you don't want to lose your phone. Uh, but i I recommend it I gave it I gave it five stars because I was just in awe of the whole story. like I said, even if half of what she says in the book is accurate, it's too damn much, yeah for for anybody to go through so i the fact that she's still alive and still posting weird shit on instagram good for her at this point like i got nothing yeah so highly recommend if you are especially if you're a millennial because there's a lot of millennial gossip in there for you and that is the woman in me by britney spears and now to the other end of the spectrum
3: (laughs) yes (laughs) indeed my book is making it so by patrick stewart and it uh, it is very much the other end of the spectrum. I found this, uh, horrible pun alert, I found this a really engaging book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll allow it. That was good. <laughs> it very much is in his voice. I absolutely believe that he wrote it, you know, rather than using a ghostwriter because it just comes across as as. Authentic. Sitting, although I, although I read a print version rather than listen to the audiobook, I could, uh, I could hear his voice in my head and it was like sitting in a, a pub and listening to somebody tell you stories about their life. Hmm. Yeah, he's had quite the life. He, a lot of people I think know because of his uh, work in later years with um, advocating for women's groups and especially abused women, he came from a very rough childhood his father was violent sometimes, had problems with alcohol. The family was poor. They lived in what he basically a two and a half room house, one room downstairs that was living room, kitchen, everything, had a fireplace rather than a stove or anything like that. And then a bedroom and basically a walled off alcove for the boys. He and his brother shared a bed until they were in their teens because that was all the room they had. And the bathroom was a separate building outside and around the block. Oof. Around the block? Yes. Well, down the block. Yeah. Uh. It was it was a very poor life. And still, when he went to school, he was not he was an, an okay student. He wasn't the top student, but he had an English teacher who noticed him reading aloud when they did some did some literature out loud and kind of said, You should think about maybe a career on the stage. And by the time he was 11 or 12, he had been selected for like a week-long retreat that was like a county-wide sort of thing. And that's where he got his start. He got noticed there by a woman who taught acting and who gave him lessons at a very inexpensive rate and just to help him build himself up. And so when he graduated with their school system, he finished because he didn't go on to, to college or to didn't go to a private school. He finished at about 15, went to work as a newspaper reporter until he got in trouble because he was doing lots of amateur theater, lots of community type theater, uh, sometimes three and four different shows at a time. And one night he had to be at rehearsal and he was supposed to be covering like the city council meeting. And... He had a friend who was also covering it. He said, just let me know what happens and I'll write up my story from your notes. Well, what happened was that a big fire broke out in the building next door to the city council building that was a huge breaking news kind of thing. His editor said, don't worry about sending someone else. Patrick is already there. He will cover it. So the next day he shows up with his story about the council meeting and not even the faintest idea that the building next door to it had burned. (laughs) But, oh man. that, thought, yeah. that fired. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't go over he, well. Yeah. He sold furniture for a while but by the time he was 18 he got into drama school and from there just built slowly. Uh he wasn't an overnight sensation. He started his early roles like his early roles with the Royal Shakespeare Company were roles that had two or three lines and he slowly built his way up through the ranks. He's very thoughtful when he talks about his upbringing and especially his relationship with his parents and his mother who was particularly dear to him and his father who was more problematic but still his father and he acknowledges that both sides of that you know that that he was often afraid of him but he could also understand why his father was the way he was and so there was there was sympathy and there was was antipathy at the same time and he's he's very open about portraying all the sides of that relationship. And then as he gets into his theater life, it gets to be more what you expect maybe in a celebrity biography, because he has all kinds of great stories about people who were big names, especially in the British theater world, in the Shakespeare world. My favorite one, the one that absolutely made me laugh out loud, is about Malcolm McDowell, because he was just a few years younger than Patrick Stewart. So Stewart had a role in, uh, I think it was Henry IV, part one. And Malcolm was a walk-on, a no lines, just stand in the background kind of extra guy. One night, one of the primary players got sick. And in this theater company, they move, rather than just substituting an understudy up, they have what they call a move-up system so that the understudy for this lead role was someone in a secondary but still important role. He moved up. His understudy moves up into his all the way down the line. People move up until Malcolm, the lineless extra, gets moved up to play a messenger who has three lines. And he's because of circumstances, they don't have time to run his part before he goes on. So what he says in, in Shakespearean version is, my or what he was supposed to say, was, my sovereign lord, bestow yourself with speed. The French are bravely in their battles set and will with all expedience charge on us. So he's warning his king that they're about to be in the thick of a battle. And Stuart stocks, talks about seeing Malcolm McDowell in the wings, muttering in this line to himself over and over all through the show, making sure he has it right. And when he goes on, he gets out on stage and he looks up at the guy playing the king and says, Come on, come on, they're coming. <laughs> I mean, fair.
0: It's a much yeah. easier line.
3: Got, got the sense of it. And, and as he says, and then after a pause, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> and it's that kind of story that really makes this a fun book. But there are also serious moments. He's pretty open about the fact he's been married three times and the first two broke up in large part because he was cheating.
0: Oh, I didn't get to that part yet.
3: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Something, oh, Patrick
1: Stewart. Oh, you just yeah.
3: disappointed it's one of, me. It's one of those. The relationship was going bad anyway. But and you go. Eh. Uh, yeah. yeah. You may Boy, be Patrick
0: yeah. Stewart, but bro. <laughs>
3: yeah. Understandable <laughs> oh. though. I mean, and one, yeah. For for Star Trek fans who have always heard the rumors that he had himself a fling with the woman who played Vosh. Yes, he did. <laughs> <gasps> Yeah. <sighs> Spoiler! I I do so I'm
0: thrilled that Pat is giving us this Reader's Digest version because <laughs> I got part I got to like his school like college like to the newspaper and i was like i just want the star trek tea <laughs>
3: <laughs> he doesn't get to the star trek he gets to the star trek stuff because i was emailing about this with another friend of mine i said i'm just on page 300 he gets to the star trek stuff <laughs> okay good i can know where to skip <laughs> yeah. ahead to okay <laughs> <laughs> do he does a couple of chapters about star trek but that's not the only thing he's done since he since he became more famous and So he talks about like A Christmas Carol and all the work, because I've always loved his one-man show of A Christmas Carol, but he finding out the incredible amount of work that went into the background of that was really fun. He doesn't say much like about relationships for a man who's been married three times. It was kind of like, yep, and I married Sheila and we were fine till we weren't, and then we got divorced. (laughs) And, And I get the feeling that he is, maybe not on speaking terms with his daughter over the Aww. nature of that split up. That's unfortunate. He is, yeah, he has a son and a daughter. Uh, the son is older. He and his son went on to work together on some various things, including that Christmas Carol production. But he and it sounds like he and his daughter are pretty estranged, which is unfortunate.
0: I feel like I Googled his kids when I was reading it because I was like, what do they look like? Who are they? <laughs> and I don't remember her coming up, but I
3: remember his son coming up. And his son was in Star Trek, was in that one Next Gen episode. The Inner Light, when Patrick lives out that whole lifetime on another The probe sends the thing into his brain and he becomes Cayman, the Iron Worker, and lives out his whole lifetime yes. on another planet. The guy who, his son in that was his real son.
0: Aww. Yeah.
3: <laughs> okay. And I got to watch it now. I got to yep. watch it. I got to start Star Trek. I got to start Star Trek binge now. Okay, now I got to, I've gotta go back to books and off of Star Trek before Martha starts going, edit, edit, edit. <laughs> <Sadness>. <laughs> maybe Pat and I should do a mini sort
0: of just Star Trek.
3: Yeah, I think maybe you should. Yeah. Not so very bookish. Anyway, <laughs> it's very it's a it's a well done book. It really gives you a background, especially a backstage look into the theater world in England. That's pretty fascinating too. And and how the from the director of one regional company who handed out his leading roles for the coming season by playing poker with all of his actors. And whoever won the most money got to pick, got his pick or her pick of the roles first. And then <laughs> went on down. He said that was the only time he encountered that particular casting technique.
0: I mean, if it funny. works, it works. It's not <laughs>
1: yeah. a casting couch, it's a casting table. A casting yeah. table. <laughs> yeah.
3: And it didn't work so well in every case. The but, casting uh, deck. Yes. Yes. So it's a very fun book. And even if you are not a Star Trek fan, if you're more a theater fan than a Star Trek fan, you will find this absolutely fascinating, too. And that is Making It So by Patrick Stewart.
0: I just love him
3: to pieces. I love him, too. So is he single? How old is this guy? Oh No, he's (laughs) he's married. He's married to a woman who is 40-some years younger than him. Okay, I was going to
0: ask because I feel like when I see them together, I'm like, you are a lot younger than him.
3: Yeah. And he talks about, I I won't give you too many spoilers because he does talk a lot about that in the end of the book. But I have a friend who went to hear him speak on his book tour when it came out. Apparently he was in Boulder. I didn't hear about that. But my friend Candace went down and heard him speak. And one of the things that she told me later, I I said, Did he talk about anything? Did he use any kind of a ghostwriter? Because it sure seems like his voice. And she said, No, he wrote it over the years during the pandemic. And he did use an editor because she said the original manuscript was 800 pages long. I don't doubt that. And he's got it down to 445, I believe. Yeah, I
0: I had no idea how long that book was. And I got the audio and it was like 17 hours. And I was like, Jesus.
3: (laughs) Amateur,
2: 17 hours, posh. it's a walk in the park.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's not as long as it might have been. Yeah.
0: Well, and I feel like he just has a very melodic voice. Like, he just tells a long, like, he can't, I don't think that man could tell a short story. Like, if he's going to write his memoir, like, it's going to be 800 pages.
1: (laughs) Are you doing the audio or are you doing? I did the audio. Is it him? He reads it. <gasps> yeah. Oh. I love
0: his voice. His yeah, voice. I was trying to, so it's very melodic to me. So I was trying to listen to it in the car when I was driving for work. And it was like putting me to sleep because, it, not mm. because it was boring, but because it was just like his voice is so calm. He was lulling you. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, I need music. Sorry, Patrick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you'll all be glad to know that Naomi Alderman has a new book out.
3: Is she the power? Yes. Oh,
2: for fuck's <laughs> sake. Oh! <laughs> Naomi, Uh, it's not personal. uh, Yeah, right. Everybody disliked that the power but me. Everybody in this room anyway. I didn't dislike it. No, these two did. Oh. They absolutely
1: hated it. I have. What, did you watch the and, show? And Bonnie I like? hated it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it and DNF'd it, dude. I hated it three times. Oh, three <laughs> times.
2: Yeah, because we had to read it because we did it for one of our live shows.
1: Yeah, but we were going to do it for one of our live shows, and then the, and pan- then the pandemic, then the pandemic, pandemic saved hit. Me. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so then we had to do it again. Yeah, but was the show was the show good? Did you watch the show? I watched the show. Do I
0: need to watch the show?
2: If That's you, a no. Okay. If, if you
0: hated the book, then no. But is it different? Does it feel different? I loved it. I don't know. Okay, I'll
2: watch maybe it. I'll if watch you want to watch okay. it. So the title of this book is <laughs> The Future by Naomi Alderman. It's really not anything like The Power, but it is very, very complex. And I think that people who don't know the way she writes did not enjoy it. Because it's long and it's a bit on the rambling side because there's just... So much. The central theme has to do with the fact that our world is, has gone to hell in a handbasket, and there is so it's a, a nonfiction. It feels like it feels like a, a very plausible future, and the main character is a young Chinese woman who is. I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but I think that she and her family were in Taiwan when. When the change came, you know, back mm. to China. And they had a very hard time getting out. And she's got all kinds of... She became like a survivalist after it, after that happened. And learn, you know, and does all these videos online about it and stuff. And she meets this woman who is kind of like... She's like the miss money penny she's like a really really great assistant to a billionaire and there are three big billionaires at the center of this that you they're they're almost recognizable <laughs> as some of the big dogs that are playing the game today in some ways and they get together her name is martha by the way uh, the love interest. The, uh, yeah. Now the truth comes out. Yeah, the love interest. But they're they're just together briefly, and then Martha says, Well, I'm gonna be out of touch for a while. So she she says, and I gave you a gift. Well, she doesn't I can't remember what the main character's name is. This is
0: why I keep a reading yeah, journal. I'm terrible.
2: Anyway, um she the main character is traveling around she's in some foreign country doing something anyway and this thing on her phone starts talking to her and like telling her she's in danger and pretty soon shots are fired and all this stuff's going on so she has to try to escape this assassination attempt because people online don't like her and whatnot so this program or whatever on her phone saves her life what
0: I don't know, <laughs> I'm trying to follow along. I'm it's really—I tell
2: you—the the book itself is super complicated, and not all the threads tie in. Okay, but the the main thing that you need to get out of it is okay. The billionaires are trying to be prepared for the end of the world, so they build bunkers everywhere, and they've got you know escape routes everywhere, and they've got this computer program, this AI, that's supposed to predict the tipping point of when it gets so bad that it's time to pack in and escape.
0: Shit, have we hit that button yet?
2: So <laughs> all three of the billionaires end up on this island, and our main character is sent there by Martha to save her. But she's not a billionaire. No, she's okay. she's just happens to be in
1: love with the assistant why does this make me think of an episode of Futurama
2: (laughs) well maybe maybe a little but it was really good you guys it was long and complicated but Naomi Alderman's voice to me is so powerful that I didn't even notice that it was long I I didn't think about DNFing it for a second I kept going, and I was really glad that I did because it was a really great story. And it also, like I said, it's pl- it was plausible up to a point. There was a lot of futuristic stuff in it that was cool, and you know I like that kind of stuff. And, the, of course, there was a love story in there too, but it wasn't ridiculously gross. So <laughs> it gets a pass. So um, I really, really liked it when they got to the island, though, because you got these three billionaires and none of them wants the other ones to be alive. So it's like.
0: But OK, I, if I'm the three billionaires on the pla- on the island, I'm going to need the other two to stay alive to build some shit. No, nope, that's not what w- they're th- thinking at all.
2: Their thinking was that they want whatever's left of the world. So uh, if they get rid of the other two, then they, then have, they have more everything. Power. Oh. Yeah. Oh look, power. They, they can be in, in, in charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, this, they all so this men? Is kind of like an episode no, of Survivor,
3: only with money.
2: Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: Okay. So it, was, it wasn't all men. It was, it was like, not all men. Okay. It was
2: two men and one woman. Okay. And it was there was the characters were all good. It was a great book. I loved it. I did not love it as much as the power, but. I think on a second reading, I might change my mind because, like I said, it was very complex. There were there was a lot of stuff going on in it, and for people who don't read her, there were a few one star reviews in Goodreads for people who just had no clue.
0: <laughs> and that's fair. It's fair because not everybody's going to like every book. Right. I hate I, I almost it. hate when I get on Goodreads and there aren't any bad reviews.
2: Uh, you know what? I don't mind when there are bad reviews, but when there are one-star reviews, I don't like that. I figure if you if you hated it that much and it wasn't poorly written, then just don't review it. True. I, I don't think I, yeah. a one-star review—very, very rarely is a one-star review r- warranted, in my opinion. But they're
0: just being honest. They're just saying, I no, wasn't for me.
2: No, you know, that's a one star review is I fucking hated it. Maybe they did. Yeah, but ugh, whatever. <laughs> just anyway.
0: Being, just fucking so, with Martha so it was over love
2: here. It was love or hate for this book on Goodreads, as it is with many of her books.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, I didn't think her writing was bad. Yeah, you just didn't like the subject. I didn't really like the subject matter and... There were bits... Of the power. Of the power. power, And there were bits and pieces of the power that jumped around a little too much. And there was a lot
2: of that in this book, too. But I didn't mind that because I knew there would be a good payoff. Yeah. The ending was a little... I didn't give it five stars because I didn't really love the ending. I would have done the ending differently. But I don't care. It was a a four-and-a-half-star read for me. I thought it was fantastic. I'll probably eventually read it again,
0: cause I—that's that's two weeks in a row that I know. you have said you would reread the book you reviewed. I know that's weird. What's happening? I think it must
2: have been the cancer muddled my brain. Or something. <laughs> anyway, that watch was... out,
0: world! Martha's rereading books. <laughs> we have found the apocalypse,
2: <laughs> and that was *The Future* by Naomi Alderman.
0: She likes orange, doesn't she? Both covers have orange.
2: That's not orange. That's Is gold.
0: It? Oh, okay.
2: Well, okay. That's a gold fox. Eh. There was a lot of. Uh, there was also a lot of mythology woven into it as well. It was just really good. I li-
0: I liked it. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. That you and your dragon. That you remembered to bring, like your book. She's so cute. For those who don't remember the dragon story, it was. It wasn't a, that long ago. That It I wasn't told that long that ago.
2: It was when we were talking about dreams.
0: Yeah, Martha dreamed that she was told to remember the dragon. So now she has a dragon she can remember. Hey,
2: I had one in high school, too, because I found one on that trip and bought it. Yes. But yeah. I have no idea what the hell happened to that one. This so. one's
0: name is Cinder. It's a Thai uh, beanie baby. And it's so cute. It's not really a beanie is baby. Yeah, beanie it is. Baby? Oh, is he Oh, be- is she beanie? There's a beanie
1: in the tail. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. See? Not quite as beanie as they used to be, but yes.
1: It, it's a beanie boo. You better be careful. You're going to set Cinder on fire. Woo! <laughs> yeah, squeezing that tail, baby.
0: <laughs> oh, poor Cinder. She doesn't know what she's in for. I know. Oh, man. We had some good books this week. Yeah.
2: We, we did. It was kind of weird co- combination. It was kind of a flipped on its head
1: combination. It was. We went from one so, side, while, while to, the on side ce- to the other side
3: to the other side. Well, we're on a celebrity memoir binge. is anybody else considering reading barbara streisand's new book no no Mm -mm. well Uh, then i may take that one okay
2: (laughs) honestly i i will venture to say that i will never read
0: a memoir it's just not my it's not my jam i've read some i've read a couple they have to be someone that i actually like am invested in like if justin timberlake oh, ever writes a memoir wait oh forget I, it I'm, i have to back off of that i'm first in line for justin timberlake tell T- terry pratchett uh well he's daddy not. can't write a memoir
2: yeah but it's <laughs> i mean i would actually read something about him though. oh okay fair enough fair enough. so
1: that's that's probably the only just a biography not an autobiography yeah yeah, Nobody else wrote yeah. It.
2: i'm really not interested in other people's lives that much i'd rather hear fiction it's more fun
0: yeah, although I one of the um oh Elise, what is her name? She was on um Disney. She was on That's so Raven and Raven's Home, and she's got a podcast and stuff now, and she's been talking about Disney and working there and stuff. If the, if she ever wrote a tell all, I would read that shit in a minute because she's kind of dropped like hints. oh, admit it,
2: Megan. There is probably hundreds of books. That are memoir driven that you would read.
0: I mean, not hundreds. Hundreds. Not hundreds. Hundreds. Maybe 20. Liar. Not hundreds. I don't like everybody that much. I can name (laughs) like
2: 15 pop stars right now that you would read. (laughs) I mean, fair. And and just about every
0: fandom that you're involved in, you'd still read it? If it's someone whose life is just very basic, I probably wouldn't. The point of a memoir is to get the tea. If there's no tea, I don't want to read it. Oh, you and your tea. And you know what's the really funny fucking
2: thing about this? She hates tea. I do hate tea. (laughs) She talks about the fucking tea all the time, but she won't drink it. Nope. Well, that's why she wants to spill
0: it. Yes. Yeah. 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 I want to spill the tea. (laughs) <laughs> so that I don't have to drink it.
1: But to be fair, there's probably a lot of people that I would read autobiographies. And yeah. I'm not even the fangirl that you are. I'm coming to the conclusion that I am just really fucking weird well, on I'm... on
2: a lot of different levels.
1: <laughs> but a biography isn't any different than when you read a book about a fictional character. And then you get invested in their life and you want to know what's happening it's just based on somebody's real life and not one that's made up. That's true. That is very true. So, like, if we didn't know Britney Spears was a real person I and you read, read that it. book. Oh, I'd I read wouldn't.
0: it. I, oh, if that were, like, a, advertised as, like, a fiction book, give me that shit.
1: Okay, if we yes. didn't know that Patrick Stewart was a real person and somebody made up a fictional life about this poor boy who was born that you would into a... Yes, <laughs> uh, that's a very funny abusive book. Abusive relationship yeah. into the theater and so on. Yeah, yeah. that would that, be you. That is a very mean <laughs> book.
0: <laughs> the first one I ever read was Anna Kendrick. And that's because I love Anna Kendrick and I want to be her best friend. I've heard her book is really good. It, it is, is so good. Clever. And it is very clever. And she's very like down to earth about stuff. And like, yes, we all met her
2: through okay, Twilight. I, but... I,
0: I enjoyed Tina Fey's book.
1: yeah. But that that one was
2: re- hilarious. Yeah, but that wasn't really like.
1: Did you read Amy um, Poehler's book? Too? No, I
0: didn't read Amy Poehler.
1: It was pretty good. Tina Fey was better, but it was
2: it was. Kind of stupid of, Oklahoma. Any, anybody
0: gonna go down to the Capitol and offer it a brawl with the senator this week? <laughs> <laughs> I, are
2: they back? Are they back? Are they in session? I could walk up to Mark Wayne Mullen and say, I'm going to kick your fucking ass if you don't get your head out, buddy. (laughs) No, I'd kick kick your ass,
3: but I I don't like to play with girls. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't follow the news, so I don't know. Like, I know LeVar Burton hosted the National (laughs) Book Awards, but I have not read yet what won and what didn't. But could you imagine something like that at the National Book Awards, you know, like Stephen King gets up and goes over to James Patterson and says, I want to kick your ass. (laughs) 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 I'm going to kick your
2: fucking ass. Get up. Let's go outside. Come on. Let's take this outside.
0: We know you don't (laughs) write 75 books a year. Take it outside. Get out of here. You don't deserve to be here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think there's a lot of book people who tend to have How would you say this nicely? Atrophied muscles?
0: (laughs) But they might have really strong hands from all that typing.
1: No. They got strong forearms from holding the books over their head to (laughs) read. They're like Popeye.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just the forearms only. He's got really strong fingers.
0: I I would pay to go to the National Book Awards if there was a fisticuffs between James Patterson
1: and Stephen and Stephen King. I might pay to watch <laughs> that, I might, pay, I might pay to watch that. I would that. think that Stephen King probably uh, fights dirty. Oh, 100%. I don't know, though. Yeah. But would James Patterson fight worse dirty?
0: Because I feel like he would just call up one of his minions. Like, I he's got think, a whole you know crew. What? I think yeah.
2: James Patterson has more minions. See, that's the problem yeah. right like, there. Stephen King needs more minions. You don't think that minions. Stephen
1: King would have people coming no, out has, of the woodwork? No, he has
2: fans, though. That's he better. has or has than employees. Than-
1: exactly <laughs> they'd be saying are we getting paid for this then pff, you're yeah. on your own dude
0: <laughs> yes time and a half for every punch he's thrown probably
2: <laughs> fucked enough people over james patterson patterson has
0: i'm glad you added the over to that
2: <laughs> <laughs> i was like he's what
1: <laughs>
2: yeah that kind of didn't come out right <laughs> you he hesitated a little bit like, like, he's
1: they... fucked enough people and i'm like
2: <laughs> i was like really martha do you know <laughs> something we <laughs> <mead of?" laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you guys that, uh,
1: <laughs> no wonder you didn't like me dogging on him so bad when I read his last book. Now, now if you, if you put
0: James Patterson
1: on all would the people. Never,
2: I would never do James Patterson. No. Now, we might have to talk about some of the other uh, favorite authors
0: that might that might be on martha's laminated card (laughs) my
2: my, my laminated card is uh getting replaced by some of the people who uh her laminated
1: card is now a laminated book (laughs) 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 and believe me she needs the lamination (laughs) tracy's dog has got nothing on her book
3: oh
2: we need a new tracy's dog that that thing has no teeth anymore
3: now, you need to you Oof. need to move on with technology and replace your laminated card with an online file that you can update as necessary. It's just not the same.
2: When you have a spank bank, it has to be right there.
1: A- Anna you Kendrick- don't want to wait for it to download.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anna Kendrick had to explain the card to Trevor Noah when she was on his show because she, like, came back out and they were, like, talking with the... The audience and She had to it to him Yeah because some girl Stood up and asked her Question and said By the way You're on my boyfriend's card <laughs> And he was like His card And, and Anna Kendrick was like What's up <laughs> <laughs> and she like Played into it, it was so, And Travis was like What Hey baby What card Like what is she talking about <laughs> And she's like You know the famous celebrity That like could be your cheat And he was like So like random people In this universe Tell their like significant other That they would cheat on them With you And she's like yeah And he was like, but why? And she's like, because you're never going to meet that person. He goes, but you just did. (laughs) Well,
2: obviously there's a precedent somewhere. It was hilarious. It has to be consensual. Yeah.
0: It it was
1: funny. It was funny. And that's a Stephen King book right there.
2: (laughs) Bringing it back
1: around, baby. I wonder if you could use that as a pickup line. Hey, baby. You're, you're on, on my, my card. card. <laughs> well, in that case, let's okay. go to the bathroom and get busy with it. <laughs> yeah, I think he was more, like, disturbed. He
0: was like, am I on people's cards? What's happening? Like, who, who am I Sorry, sleeping Trevor, with? Sorry, Trevor, no. <laughs> oh,
1: he's
2: adorable, though. Adorable maybe, but definitely not laminated car material. He's not spank bank
1: material, <sighs> no. that's what you're saying. <laughs> no. Listen, you're cute and all, but you're not who I think about in the shower. <laughs> that's why the card has to be laminated, <laughs> and that's
2: going to do it for three book girls
3: if you made it this far
0: you are truly bookish so go to facebook and join your fellow book
2: lovers on the three book girls squad follow three book girls on
0: socials and be on the lookout for their next live event proud of their lack of shelf control three book girls is a steel trap
2: production